Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's up, Buffalo Fanatics? Josh Allen here. Just wanted to say, uh, go Bills. Yo, what is going on, Buffalo Fanatics? It's your man, Rev. Look, I apologize. I mean, I can't say I'm sorry, my bad. Enough. I was experiencing some incredible technical difficulties. So shout out to you guys for being as patient as you have been. But nevertheless, we are here. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here with another edition of Rated Rev brought to you by Underdog Fantasy on the Buffalo Fanatics Network. Do me this favor. If you do so kindly, please smash that like and hit the subscribe button if you haven't already done so. And this is the roll call, ladies and gentlemen. I know it's late. I know it's late. But we up in this mug right now, and we've got to get fired up for this game on Monday. On Monday. And we're going to talk about it tonight. So do me this favor right now. This is the roll call. Let me know where you're watching this game from right now. We haven't done it in a while, but I need to see it in the chat. Drop it right now. Let's get this thing popping, baby. Let's get it. Let's get this, baby. Yo. It's like Cody comes in with a super chat already. He says, yo, let's get this out the way, Rev. That was not worth $10. Hey. I don't blame you. I understand completely. That peacock was a whole hot mess. It is what it is, man. Look here. The NFL is doing their whole thing, trying to squeeze as much money out of people as possible. And uh, that peacock stream was awful. And that game was terrible as well. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. So you guys are coming in right now. Let me see here. So I got Cody from Buffalo coming in. Sweat from Indianapolis. What's good, my man? Everybody's already filing through here. Again, I greatly appreciate y'all being here and being so patient with me as I got some things under control. I've got Red coming in from Pasadena, California. What's up, Reg? Orlando, Florida in the the house. The court jester. What's good? Matt coming in from Albany, New York. Eric Coops. North Carolina, 
feel all the way across the ocean, baby. London, England, what is happening? I appreciate you for joining me live. Yeah. Hey, Mr. Migo said that game was a travesty. Yo, no doubt about it, man. That game was, that game was not, that game wasn't it. <laughs> Can we disagree that that game was terrible? It, I mean, it, it probably was the best Chiefs performance that we've seen all year. Um, so, you know, give credit where credit is due. But the rest of that game was awful. I mean, completely awful. And uh, it flew by. Was it just me or did this game, like, fly by? I, I put, a, I put a, a tweet out here um, um, just as the game was, was about to wrap up. I'm like, yo, this game is flying by. It's crazy fast. Um I mean, and, and this had to be probably one of the least penalized games that I've seen in a long time until towards the end of it. But I felt like I felt like that game, it was so blasted cold. I felt like the refs were like, yo, hey, I'm just here so we won't get fined. Forget throwing a whole bunch of flags. Let's hurry up and wrap this thing up and get back in the house <laughs> in the heater or something because uh, that game flew by. Uh, but nevertheless, man, it, it is what it is. Chiefs came out with a victory. We're going to talk about that here in a little bit. But how about... So far, the first couple of games of NFL Wildcard Weekend. What have you guys thought about it? What did you guys think about the games? For me, off the top, yo, shout out, shout out to the Houston Texans. My goodness. I don't know about y'all, but I did not think. I didn't think the Houston Texans were going to win that game personally. My, I mean, just, just myself, I thought it was a little bit too much. Um, I thought I thought the defense of the Browns, man, was was gonna was gonna make it very difficult for C.J. Stroud and that in that Texans offense, a young team. But not only did they win, they beat the ever living breaks off of the Browns. I mean, that game was not even close. God, they beat the snot out of him. That, that, I mean, a 31-point victory, 45 to 14, the Houston Texans demolished the Cleveland Browns. And they picked a perfect game to make Joe Flacco look like an old quarterback. <laughs> right? I mean, that guy threw how many picks? What was it? Two or three? Two interceptions. Two interceptions, one pick six. I mean, Joe Flacco, I mean, and he still threw for 300 yards, passing, which is crazy. 34 for 46, Joe Flacco went for 300 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions, and the Browns put up 14 points. Meanwhile, C.J. Stroud and the Houston Texans put up, C.J. Stroud himself, rather, 16 for 21, 274 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. And how about a day uh, for Motor Singletary? I mean, it wasn't like an incredible running game, 13 for 66, but, I mean, it was good to see him get in the end zone. And it's always good to see, you know, your former players, ex-Bills, um, doing well. And, and he, had a, he, had, he had a decent game um, today, and I'm glad he was able to get the win along with C.J. Stroud. I don't, look, I don't know about you guys, but, you know, C.J. Stroud is a special, special young player. Special young player. That Houston Texans team looks, they look ready. And they look dangerous. I made mention of this on the show. I was like, yo, I mean, on the on, on Twitter, I was like, yo, uh, 
CJ Stroud, like he he doesn't make mistakes. Like to be a rookie quarterback, the guy does not play like a rookie quarterback. He makes very little, if any, mistakes. And what he does with the ball is incredible. The way he stands in the pocket and delivers beautiful touch passes, beautiful deep balls. I mean, this kid is is lighting it up. There was a couple of throws he made. I was like, and this is no shot. I was like, yo, if that was Josh Allen, he would, he would have left the pocket. He would have left the pocket early. He would have scrambled to his right, you know, try to make magic happen and look down the field. But C.J. Stroud stood in that pocket to the last minute, and he delivered some darts and some bombs, some beautiful passes. That guy is, um, he is a budding superstar. No doubt about it. Which leads me to my question is uh, who would, who would you rather see in the playoffs? <laughs> like assuming, assuming the Bills take care of business Monday, hopefully they play the game Monday, depending upon um, what, the, what the weather conditions are like. Um, who would you rather see the Bills play? Would you rather the Bills play host? to Kansas City Chiefs or to, well, matter of fact, I mean, it looks like, it looks like they're going to be playing them anyway, right? So it doesn't make any difference. If the Bills win, they're playing home against the Kansas City Chiefs. But I guess later on in the playoffs, I mean, we'll see what happens, right? But, but man, that, that, uh, that, that uh, Houston Texans team, they look, they look pretty dangerous. And they're young and hungry, and they're playing with a chip on the shoulder because, you know, people are talking about just how young they are. Like myself, I mean, the expectations were low because of how young they were, and they are just exceeding those expectations. And they're playing with that chip on the shoulder saying, like, yeah, even though we're young, we're hungry, and we're here, and you got to deal with it. So that's a team. That's a team that I don't know how many people want to actually play them. Matthew comes in with a super chat. Matthew, Dovidio, or 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 – Dovidio, I don't, man, if I butchered your last name, please forgive me. But I appreciate you, Super Chat. He says, Bills Mafia is going to yell up a storm. Love you. Go Bills. 100%. And let's just talk about that for a second. Um, do we expect sold out Bills Mafia with these conditions? And, and furthermore, let me say this. Um, Man, prayers are up to, to to those who are in Buffalo and in the surrounding areas, man. I hope you guys are safe right now because I, I've seen some, some some videos and some clips that have been kind of circulating, and it looks terrible out there. And um, it's it's no doubt, and it's, it's I mean, it makes sense as to why Governor, um, you know, and, and the commissioner decided to go ahead and, and and push this game back. There is no there there is there is no reason for for a, a, an NFL football team. Uh, or an NFL football game being played in these kind of conditions right now, um, let alone people traveling and stuff like that. So y'all be safe, get in your homes, be safe. Don't get out unless you absolutely have to. If you don't, um, please stay home, stay safe. Prayers are with y'all. Um, that that's 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 nuts. And then of course you have your clowns on social media, as always. And of course it's gonna be some like Dolphins fans or some idiotic Steelers fans trying to call the Buffalo Bills soft and Buffalo soft. Now, I'm not a Buffalonian. I'm not from Buffalo, but I took exception to that myself. I took offense to it, and I hope the team takes offense to it too because 
that cold conversation about the Bills being soft just because they they pushed the game back. Look, do I need to get into it? Do I really need to get into it? Uh, I hope I don't, but I'm gonna say it anyway. That's stupid. Okay, that kind of comment is is just absolutely stupid. Um, <laughs> I've seen I've seen somebody. I think he was a Steelers fan. You know, try to go try to try to make a, a video post and, and, and talk about how it's not snowing and and and, and, and bills are soft, but he was nowhere near the snow band. Nowhere near it. Nowhere near it. Anyway, I hope, I hope the Bills come out and beat the dog crap out of the Steelers. I hope they do. No disrespect to the Steelers. Um, their fan base is getting kind of goofy. You know what I'm saying? They're getting goofy. And uh, we need to not be remiss if I did not take this moment right now to laugh in the face of all the Dolphins fans out there right now. <laughs> That's what y'all get. That's what y'all get. Man, Dolphins fans were insufferable. All season long, Dolphins fans, and y'all go out there just, just 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 deal with it right now because they were talking big junk all year long about how this was their year, this was their this was their time, and uh the Bills, you know, weren't gonna win the division. It's all about the Dolphins and the Bills. I, I even heard some takes about the Bills, you know, being third or fourth place in the division, and and this is all about the Dolphins. It's between the Dolphins and the Jets. Dolphins this, Dolphins that, Dolphins is that, and then you've got hard knocks and you've got your corny coach and, and to an MVP talks and all this kind of talk. We sat there and we dealt with that nonsense all year long. All year long. And the Dolphins had, what, a three-game win, a three-game hold on the division. Three games. And what happened? What happened, Dolphins fans? Huh? Fins up. Where are y'all at? What happened? You choked. You choked. You choked. You choked. You choked. You fooled around and you let the Buffalo Bills come back. And we saw what happened last week. That was y'all's only hope. Was winning last week against us. So that way you could play the game in Miami. You know good and darn well you did not want to go to Kansas City in that cold outside of the comforts of warm southern Florida and play that game. You didn't want to do it. We could tell. We knew it as soon as they lost, that, that, that they were dejected. They, it was done. They were going to make every excuse in the book. And they got there today, and they played like crap. It was bad. It was bad. But it was to be expected. I mean, did we expect anything else? Huh? Did we really expect anything else? These Dolphins, you wouldn't have called the Buffalo Bills frauds. The Miami Dolphins have to go out as the most fraudulent team in the 2023-2024 NFL season. Most fraudulent. They got all the hype, all the fanfare, all the love to an MVP candidate. Tyreek Hill this. Shout out to Tyreek. I mean, he, 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 he did his thing all year. All of this talk. And for what? For what? For you to lose a division and get embarrassed in Kansas City. And now y'all sitting at home. <laughs> And was your franchise quarterback? What y'all gonna do next year? You gonna pay the man? Huh? You gonna pay Tua? What y'all gonna do, Dolphins fans? Y'all gonna pay Tua? 
<laughs> yo, that's so funny. I, yo, I had I had to talk about it. I had to get on here. You know I had to do it um, because it was so hilarious. It was so and, and I, I didn't even get a chance to go check out TD. I know TD was I know he was in. I know he was losing himself. I can only imagine just how dejected <laughs> TD was. I'm gonna go back and watch it, and I'm gonna laugh at it, and I'm probably gonna clip it and put it on there. We'll see what happens. But it was incredibly funny. I loved every bit of it, no doubt. And the funny thing is, I was in a way I was kind of pulling for Miami because I wanted to, I wanted to see him again. I really did. I was hope. I, I mean, I was hoping they were able to get through the, the Chiefs and even you know maybe get through the, the 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 I mean the Ravens because I wanted to see him home again in in Buffalo again just to put it on him a little bit more. You know what I'm saying? But they couldn't get the pass past the Chiefs who had absolutely no offense, none, none until the end of the game, really, um, all those field goals. But but nevertheless, uh, the Dolphins went out in a blaze of glory, which is <laughs> what we expected to happen. <laughs> oh, man, it was so funny. It was so funny. Snoop says, yo, the Dolphins were supposed to be the fastest offense. They were supposed to be, man, but it looked, though, they were frozen today. Frozen. And did y'all see Mike McDaniels? All, I mean, he was all bundled up. What happened to the T-shirt, baby? Huh? Last year you was making T-shirts talking about, you know what I'm saying? You know it, it ain't, it, you know it ain't cold enough or whatever that whatever that dumb shirt was was about. What happened? Huh? He was bundled up tonight, wasn't he? He was bundled all the way up, Jack. <laughs> oh man, the Dolphins they, they didn't want no part of that game, no part of that game at all, at all. But anyway. Nevertheless, it is what it is. I take every moment I can to gloat in the Dolphins' failures. Um, but the Bills have business to take care of Monday against the Pittsburgh Steelers. But before I get into that talk about the Steelers, I had something that I wanted to bring up because um, I, I, uh, I tweeted this out early this morning. And this just goes to show you just how much, I guess, this playoffs, these playoffs are are like, in my head, because I had a crazy nightmare. I call it a nightmare. Uh, shout out to my man, Jeff King. Hey, Jeff, man, I love you too, buddy. Grace and peace, man, to you and your family. Um, I had a, uh, I had a nightmare. I call it a nightmare last night. And, and let, me, let, me talk, let me talk to you about it. So it was Buffalo Bills related. So in the dream, in the dream, um, it was the Buffalo Bills were in a game against the Detroit Lions. Crazy, I know, right? It was the Bills and the Lions. And it seemed recent. So I'm assuming, that, I mean, the only way they're going to play each other is in the Super Bowl. Now, I'm not saying it's gonna, we're going to see the Bills and Lions in the Super Bowl. I'm not saying that. Could be. We'll see. But this is what my dream was about. So the Bills-Lions were playing. In the Super Bowl. And, uh, oh, man, this, this almost, like, hurts me, you know, just talking about it. So it was like, and it, the dream took place, and it was like under a minute left in the game, okay? It was like under a minute left in the game, the Lions had the ball, okay? The Lions had the ball, and they were driving, and, and uh, I knew that they had to score in order to win. 
And uh, this was there. There, I, I don't remember the down or distance right here, but I, I felt like it was like a third down play because it was a very crucial down. And uh, uh, I saw McDermott in the defense. They called a zero blitz. And funny thing is, at that time, I was like, when I saw it, I was like, I was like streaming, like, no, 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 no. And sure enough, what happened? The Lions picked up the blitz. And they threw a bomb. I don't know who it was to. Um, I'm assuming it, it, it was. It, I mean, I, I, no, I really don't know. I, I'm not even, not even going to say it. But, but nevertheless, the Lions scored on that play. McDermott brought the zero blitz. Lions picked it up, scored on that play. And the Lions took the lead 20 to 13. Now, I felt like at the time that like the Bills had, they had, they had lost the lead. And so I'm assuming like, the score before then was probably like 13 to 12 because I knew the Bills had the lead and they're trying to hold it until that point. And then the Lions scored and they took the lead. And so it had to have been like 13 to 12 and, and maybe like um, the, the, uh, the Lions went for two-point conversion and they, and they, and they, they, uh, they had a successful two-point conversion, which kind of makes sense because we know that Dan Campbell, he's, he, he's, he's uh, very aggressive. And so they took the lead 20 to 13. I remember that score vividly, 20 to 13. And then I looked at the clock, and then sure enough, there would be like 13 seconds left. So, so weird, man. These dreams are crazy. So it was like 13 seconds left uh, after the Lions scored to take the lead. But then, like, on the ensuing kickoff, it was weird. And then all of a sudden, it's like, it's like, it's like the ref stopped it, and they awarded the Bills more time on the clock. And so, like, it went from 13 seconds to, like, 30 seconds or so. Weird. I don't know what happened. I don't, I don't understand what happened. But anyway, so Bills get the ball. This is the final drive the Bills have to score to either tie the game or take it into overtime, right? I mean, I mean, I mean, tie the game with seven, uh, go for two and win the game, or go in overtime with a tie, right? And so, on their first offensive series after they got the ball, what happens? A flag, false start, and I'm like, you got to be kidding me! You got to be kidding me! Second down. What happens? Another false start penalty. And at that point, I'm like, oh, my, you got to be freaking. The Bills are going to lose this game. Back-to-back false start penalties. Put the Bills in, like, third and forever. Nuts, okay? Right? Crazy. And then all of a sudden, Josh Allen gets the ball, and my TV breezes. My TV went completely still. It froze. And then I woke up. <laughs> I woke up. Um, I woke up and I was like, yo, what the heck just happened here? And uh, I'm glad I woke up out of that dream, out of that nightmare. Because it had it had collapse written all over it and I did not want to see that. I, didn't, I, I wanted no parts of that. <laughs> I wanted... No parts of of that. Yeah, Abby said, "Yo, it, th- yo, this is a nightmare." That, that's exactly what it was. It was an absolute nightmare. And Walter says, "Yo, it's scary how real this all sounds, <laughs> isn't it?" Because what was crazy was because, like, like in crunch time, the Bills were holding on to a lead, and we've we've talked about like at times how like we want McDermott to be aggressive and not be conservative in those moments, but like. It seemed like he he didn't understand the situation. And 
the Bills had the lead like 13 to 12, I'm assuming. And all they had to do was stop them from scoring a touchdown. That's it. And so at that moment, you wanted them to protect the end zone because a field goal wasn't going to win the game. A touchdown tied the game. They had to win it with the two-point conversion. And what did McDermott do? He called a zero blitz and got beat. And they scored. I was so mad. So mad. And I could not believe my eyes. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Is Sean McDermott choking on the biggest stage of his life right now? And are the Bills about to lose the Super Bowl because of another boneheaded coaching decision? And then what made it seem even more Billsy was that on the ensuing drive that Josh Allen had, the offense had back-to-back false starts. Yeah, I mean, look. You could you can't write it up any better. I mean, you can't you cannot write it up any better. And um, I am so glad, so glad, I woke up completely out of that dream um, because I want no part of that. So let's let's all knock on wood and pray. You know that that does not happen. That that was just a fluke nightmare that I'm not seeing in the future or anything like that. <laughs> and uh, and let's just enjoy the moment right now. Okay, <laughs> but but I tell you this: if the Bills and the Lions end up going to the Super Bowl, oh my God, I'm not gonna forget it. I'm not gonna forget that moment, and I hope it never happens. So, anyway, cheers to that terrible nightmare of a dream. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous nightmare that I'm glad I woke up from, but it felt inc- it felt so real. Oh, it was it was bad. C Rose comes in, asks a question. Rev, yo, tell us how you became a Bills fan. You know, and I love telling the story. Um, and 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 it's not a it's not it's not a long story, but um, so I live in Texas, but my dad and uh and and his brothers, you know, my dad, you know, my family, my dad's side of the family, they all grew up in Buffalo. So my dad's from Buffalo. He actually was born in Utica, New York. Um, uh, and so they were raised. In Buffalo, I think even like I think I think they were in. I want to say East Buffalo. I think is is uh, is is where they were from. And so, uh, you know, when my dad and them, you know, got married and they, they you know, moved to moved to Texas, I mean, I just became a Bills fan, just like any other son would would you know want to follow in the dad's footsteps. You know, I mean, I, my dad was a Bills fan, and and you know, we watched we watched you know some games together. And uh, I just became a Bills fan just like that, man. Just just watching my dad. Watching my dad. And uh, to this day, uh, well, well, not, well, not now, but like during the drought years, he would always apologize to me. He would say, son, man, I am so sorry I turned you into a Bills fan. Uh, <laughs> he would genuinely apologize and say, dad, look, look don't, no, no need to apologize for it. Uh, I wouldn't change it for anything. And there were moments where I wished I wasn't a Bills fan, but I, I couldn't, I can't, I can't get rid of him, you know? So even though I'm not a Buffalonian, even though I'm not a New Yorker, I'm a Texan, I consider myself a displaced Buffalonian. And I'm, I, I'm, you know, I believe Bill's blue, red, and white man through and through. And I've been a Bill's fan my entire life. Hardcore, diehard Bill's fan, and ain't nothing changing. So 
that's my story about becoming a Bills fan. Um, I'm glad you asked that. But, uh, yo, I mean, since you brought that up, I mean, might, might as well, man. You guys, uh, uh, drop it in the chat, man, like how you became a Bills fan. You can you can just make it real short, man. Just just just, just talk about, you know, because I, I love I love hearing people's stories about, about how they became fans of this team, you know. I mean, and, hey, it doesn't matter if, you know, with, with generational gaps. and I mean, nothing. it doesn't matter because, you know, like you have the, the younger generation now who – who uh they may not have the same the same foundation or they may not have the same story and they may like, latch on to certain players because that's kind of how it is nowadays. It's all good, man. It's all good. Like I've been with this team forever, man. Like as far as I as far as I can remember, I I go, I go as far back as to um let me see here. My earliest memory of the Bills was uh they I vaguely remember. Bills, Redskins at the time, Super Bowl. Vaguely remember that one. Um, but I remember the Cowboys Super Bowls. I was young enough to remember that. Um, and I remember the, uh, you have the Steelers one. I mean, not the Steelers one. I'm, I'm sorry. But yeah, the, the second Super Bowl against the Cowboys, I actually thought we were going to win because the Bills were up at halftime. Y'all remember that? The Bills were up. And I thought we were going to win, and then we lost. And I remember crying on my couch, crying. So heartbroken, and anyway, <laughs> it's the life of a Bills fan, all right? But now we get to enjoy some success. The Bills are good now, and uh, for those who just jumped in on the bandwagon, enjoying the Bills' success, and you don't have any recollection of that past history, it's all good. It's all good, man. It doesn't matter what brought you here. We're all together. That's what makes the Buffalo Bills and Bills Mafia a unique fan base. One Buffalo, uh, Bills Mafia till I die, baby. That's, that's 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 it is what it is, man. Let me uh let me, let me go through some of the some of the chat, man. Some of the, some of the comments here because I, I want I want to read. I want to read uh how you guys became Bills fans. Uh, let me see here. I don't want to even pronounce it because I don't want to mess it up. I think it says uh, Necomex Betran. He says, "Yo, I saw a game here in Mexico in 1990, and I became a fan." A year later, I found out my grandfather lived in Buffalo in the 40s for six months. That is an incredible story, man. Absolutely incredible story. Uh, shout out. Shout out to you. So glad you became a Bills fan. That is amazing. Um, let me see here. C. Rose says, yo, I went to Buffalo State. A friend took me to a Bills game. Met Jim Kelly's family. Wow. And that was it. I live in an NYC area, but I wear my red, white, and blue. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. And you know what? As a Bills fan, um, I have never been to a Bills game. Never. In all my years, I, I've never been to a professional. I've never been to an NFL game at all. I know. I know, right? I've just never been able to do it. And uh, like my, one of my dreams, man, is, is to be able to go to a Bills game. Home game. Now, I'm a Texan, so y'all can call me soft or whatever, but you're not going to catch me in December or, you know, in weather like, yeah, I can't, I can't do, I, I can't stand the cold weather like that. Uh, I had to come up with some, 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 some crazy layers and y'all going to laugh at me. You're going to judge me. I'm going to feel some type of way about it, you know? So if I go to a Bills game, if I'm able to go to it, it has to be early in the year at home, like season opener, uh, home, home opener or something like that. That's. That's when you'll catch me, probably, you know. But I guarantee you this: 
the Bills win a Super Bowl this year, I will suffer. I will suffer my Texas butt off in a, Bill, in, in, in a Buffalo uh, Bills Super Bowl parade. I'll freeze. I don't care. I'll freeze for that. Uh, going through some more of the, uh, of the comments here. Um, Wilma says, been a serious Bills fan since 2013 from my grandma and my dad's side of the family. Couldn't stop watching since through thick and thin. Mm. And that's kind of, that's kind of, you know, it's, it's been my experience, you know, with, with other Bills fans. It's like, like once you watch them, it's like you're hooked, right? You're hooked and, and you can't get that hook out of your mouth and you don't want to. It's like once the Bills lure you in, it's a wrap. You're, you're done. You're, you're in there for life. You can't get out of this club. You really can't. And, uh, and I enjoy it, man. I, like, I, 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 again, I would not, I don't want it any other kind of way. Uh, let me see here. Yo, Huck Music 808 says, yo, met OJ in Hawaii in 81. Wow. Then went to U-Buff, met Don Beebe and Frank Wright. Hawaii Bills Mafia. Shout out all the way in Hawaii. That's amazing. Met OJ, Don Beebe, and Frank White. Wow. Incredible. 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 Hold on. I saw one. Looks like I saw one from the UK. Here we go. Uh, looks like it's uh, Keir Harness says, yo, UK fan in the Bills. K-Gun was electric. Uh, compared to the NFC teams, no choice but Buffalo in the 90s. 100%. The Buffalo, man, look, the Bills in the 90s were, were they're a must-see TV. Must-see TV. I, I, I love the Bills in the 90s. That, that, incredible team. Incredible team. You know, chock full of Hall of Famers. Now, probably my favorite player of that era for me was Thurman Thomas. Love Thurman Thomas. Um, uh, was fortunate enough to even get a jersey. I got a signed jersey. Uh, was given to me um, by a gift. I've got a signed Thurman Thomas jersey, man. My absolute favorite player of that era. Loved him. Uh, Andre Reed, of course, Jim Kelly, man. Bruce Smith, man. All those guys, man. Look, Daryl Talley, Steve Tasker. Incredible era of football. Incredible age of the Buffalo Bills. And it goes from that age to now the new era. The new era Buffalo Bills who are writing their own story. These Buffalo Bills now featuring Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs and 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 Deion Dawkins and Tredavious White though he's been injured, but you've got all of these all these incredible players who have made up this team right now uh, with Sean McDermott and, and and the front office staff. It's an incredible moment, an incredible time to be a Buffalo Bills fan. Like we have, we're, we're, we're witnessing these, this, this young team right now, write their own story. And, uh, they have the pins in their hands and they control it. They control their own story. They control how this thing is written. And I hope to God that in this story, in our lifetimes, we are able to see the Buffalo Bills hoist up a Vince Lombardi trophy. Man, what a day that will be. What a day that will be. I'm, I, I will be a hot mess. I'm, I, I'll be in, in, in complete tears. I'm, not, I'm not, in, not even ashamed to even say it. 
I will be a mess, an emotional wreck. So let's hope that this is the year. Let's hope that this is the year. But it starts Monday. We have hopes and dreams and aspirations of the Bills winning the Super Bowl. But this is part of the process. They have to get past the Pittsburgh Steelers, who they are playing now on Monday instead of tomorrow because of the inclement weather. And so let's jump right into that. Let's jump right on into this conversation here about the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Buffalo Bills. Uh, man, what a game this is going to be. What a game this is going to be. When you look at these two teams, uh, I, one could say that that both of them have have faced some degree of adversity. I mean, the Pittsburgh Steelers have been many many teams. I mean, many people have written them completely off. The year I wrote them completely off. You look at the Steelers' record and 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 what they were going through the year, man, and 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 how they were still able to especially towards the tail end of the year, managed to keep winning and keep winning and keep winning and keep winning. Like, that's a testament to that team. It's a testament to that organization. It's a testament to the head coach, Mike Tomlin, who I think is one of the greatest head coaches of our modern day. Uh, they just find ways to win. They find ways to win. It's not pretty, right? It's not, it's not pretty. It really isn't. But who said it has to be? Because when it when it boils down to it, and 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 and, and you get to this stage right now, the end of the regular season, and you enter in the playoffs, it does not matter what the previous eighteen weeks looked like. It, I mean, you could be flying high, and and soaring high, and cruising all year long, or you could have incredible adversity like the Buffalo Bills, almost being completely knocked out of the playoffs. I think at one point, the 11th seed in the AFC, 6-6, six and six, firing their offensive coordinator. Everybody against them, writing them completely off. And then all of a sudden, they go on a five-game win streak, snatch back the division, and here they are, the two-seed in the AFC with an 11-6 and six record. Like you can't write that up, <laughs> you know. You 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 can't write that up, and who and who's going to complain about how the season went? It doesn't matter, because now you're in it, and everybody is zero on zero. Well, before today's games, obviously, but so what happened the previous eighteen weeks matters nothing, right? It it, it doesn't it doesn't matter at all. You're here, you got here. It's a testament to to your football team, uh, your mindset. And here we have these two teams. The Buffalo Bills, 11 and 6. Pittsburgh Steelers, 10 and 7. <laughs> and you go back and you look at these teams and you look at, at some of the ways in which they won and, and, and they lost and look at the ups and downs. And it's crazy. Like, who would have thought the Pittsburgh Steelers would be here? Right here. But here they are. All right, here they are. Now, we can. We can talk about them all we want. We could say, look, they have I mean, their quarterback, Kenny Pickett, is this and that. 
you know, they're coming in here with no TJ Watt. They've got Mason Rudolph and blah, 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 blah. And the Bills should just have their way with them. Well, on paper, you may say that, you know. But uh, at the end of the day, man, it, it look, it's the playoffs. It is the playoffs, and you cannot take any team lightly. Any team lightly. I'm sure the Cleveland Browns fan bases, I don't think the, the Browns team themselves thought this, but I'm sure the Browns fans were incredibly confident going into de- today's game. Thought there is no way in the world a rookie quarterback, as good as he is, but a rookie quarterback was going to be able to win against a team that had the number one defense in the NFL and experience on the side. Joe Flacco, who's been playing incredibly well since he got on the team. I'm sure they thought there's no way it was going to happen. But once again, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because this is not the NBA. And this is the beauty of the NFL. You don't get seven games to determine who's a better team. It's one game. It's one game. You've got one game, one shot to prove that you deserve to move on. It's do or die. Win and move on, lose and go home. That's the end of your season. The stakes could not be higher. It is an incredible atmosphere. That's what makes the NFL king, in my opinion. When you're in this position right now in the playoffs, pressure's on. Because you can play seven games, and the better team would likely win the majority of those games if it were a series like that. But you've got to be the best team and the better team on that particular day. That particular night. Doesn't matter. Record doesn't mean anything. <laughs> so it makes it crazy. That's why, that's why nerves are high and, and, and blood pressure is, is rising. And fans are losing their minds. And that's what makes it so incredible. And here we are with, with potentially another incredible game on our hands. The Buffalo Bills, the number two seed, welcoming. The Pittsburgh Steelers coming into Highmark Stadium. You know it's going to be a dogfight. It's going to be a dogfight. And uh, I want to ask you guys, is there anything in particular, when you look at this matchup between the Steelers, is there anything in particular that concerns you? Is there anything that the, that, that the Bills should be concerned about? Because for me, I don't want this team to overlook anybody at all. Though I fully believe, and I know without a doubt, that we are the better team on paper. But the question is, will the better team prevail? Will the Bills prevail Monday? Or will they play down to their opponent? like we've seen so many times this year so far? Or they handle their business? What concerns you? I see uh, already. LXB says you'll drop passes. Yep, I can see that. 
Mango Muffin says, yo, the running game. Okay, whose running game concerns you? The Steelers running game or the Bills running game? I'm, I'm assuming the Steelers running game. And, and, and to that, I would agree. Blind Man Stone says Harris. All right, so let's just talk about that. Let's talk about that real quickly. Uh, yeah, the Steelers run game, crazy. Now, I don't have the stats with me off the top. Let me, let me matter of fact, let me, let me, let me pull it up. Let me see if I can pull it up real quickly. Um, because I don't know where the Steelers ended the regular season in, in terms of rushing stats and all of that. Uh, but I, knew, I do know that Najee Harris uh, ran for a thousand, over 1,000 yards, 1,035 yards for the season, eight touchdowns for Najee Harris, averaging just over four yards per carry, okay? That guy is a load. That guy is a load. And then not only do you have Najee, you have Jalen Warren. And they have an incredible one-two punch in the backfield. Right. Jalen Warren almost rushed 4,000 yards. He rushed for 784 yards, averaging 5.3 yards per carry, four touchdowns. We know that the Pittsburgh Steelers' bread and butter is their run game. It, but not only is it their run game, but it is, um, and I just saw the comment here. Where'd it go? Because we, we, we know they have. An incredible run game. We know that. But uh, not only is it the run game that we have to be concerned about, but it is the overall essence of that team. Which, like Rico says, yo, shout out to Rico in the chat. He says, yo, it's a Steelers physicality. That, to me, is what would bring some level of concern. The Bills have to make sure they match that level of physicality. Because the Steelers are bringing it. They are bringing it. And when we look at the weather conditions and all that, we know it's a wash. It's not going to be an, an, an advantage for the, for the Bills. Some might argue it could be an advantage for the Steelers. Because they are known to be the more physical football team. That's how Mike Tomlin and that entire organization plays. That's their identity. That's who they are. When you think of the Pittsburgh Steelers, what comes to mind? You think of tough, hard-nosed, punch-you-in-the-mouth football. And that's exactly how they play. And it starts not just with the run game, but it starts on the defensive side of the ball, too. And when the defense is, is suffocating, they keep the game close. And they pound you and pound you and pound you and pound you with Najee Harris, 240-pound back. And then Jalen Warren, who's faster, but he's just as physical. And they pound you all game long. And you have to be willing to not just sustain, to, 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 to take it. You got to be willing to punch back and match that level of physicality for 60 minutes of football. That's what the Buffalo Bills are up against. And, and trust me, don't mistake my respect for, for being afraid, okay? Because this is not me, oh, Rev is just afraid of the – no, no, this is not me being afraid. I'm just, I'm just laying it out. 
I'm just laying it out and I'm just talking about what the Bills need to look out for and what we can expect. And what could be a concern because we also know that the Bills have a tendency of not being the best tackling team. And when you've got the weather on top, you get the elements, and then you've got to tackle 240-pound Najee Harris and big boy Jalen Warren, too. You've got to come with it. You've got to wrap up. You have to. You have to. But not only do you have that, not only do you have to have to be concerned about the, 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 the running game of the Pittsburgh Steelers and their physicality, uh, Mason Rudolph has been doing a pretty good job since he took over the starting position. And they have wide receivers. <laughs> I think, I think, I think, you know, there's a tendency to kind of overlook the Steelers and look at and overlook their weapons because you think, ah, well, there's Steelers and they're no, you know, we just assumed all oh, they're no, they're no good. Look at their record and all that kind of, I mean, they're just one game back from the Bills. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, they've got a guy who's an absolute dog by the name of George Pickens. We know him, right? But then not only do they have him, but they got Deontay Johnson. And then they have a tight end by the name of Pat Fryermuth, who's another dog. So they have a three-headed receiving core, three-headed monster at wide receiver, I mean, or in the receiving game, that the Bills have to account for as well. So not only... Do the Bills have to be prepared for the run game and the elements, but they also have to be prepared for Mason Rudolph to dish it out to George Pickens, Deontay Johnson, and Pat Frymer. It's going to be a tough game. At least that's how I see it. I don't I don't see this as being um all the Bills are just going to slap the, the snot out of them and beat the brakes off. I, I don't see that. I don't see it. Um, and you'll find out my pick, you know, of course, uh, here, here later in the show as we wrap up the show. But uh, it's, it's going to be it's going to be close. I have a feeling it's going to be a close game. It's going to be a slugfest is what I'm thinking as well. And so the Bills have to come prepared for this game. I want to take a look at, at some, of their, some of their stats. I want to look at, uh, let's see if I can pull up their receiving stats. Uh, I want to look at George Pickens. I like George Pickens a lot. George Pickens. Look, would you have, would you have guessed? Matter of fact, let me just, just, just let me ask the question to the chat. How many receiving yards would you guess George Pickens has on the year? How many? Put it in the chat. How many do you think he has on the year? When you consider who's throwing him the ball, a combination of, of, of Kenny Pickett and then you know Mason Rudolph, how many receiving yards do you think George Pickens has on the year? Mango Muffin says, yo, 900. Okay? Uh, 900. Or 800, okay? I saw somebody say 60-ish. And I'm like, yo, you tripping. Blind man stone. Just might be blind <laughs> for saying 60. I'll tell you what it is. George Pickens. This year, 1,140 yards receiving. 
1140 yards receiving. Michael Williams said, guess, yeah, yeah, 1100 plus. That's right. With Mason Rudolph and Kenny Pickett, George Pickens has 1100 yards receiving. Meanwhile, and you know I got to do it, right? You know I got to do it. Meanwhile, our boy Stephon Diggs with arguably the best quarterback in the NFL, 1,183 yards on the year. So here on one hand, you've got George Pickens putting up 1,140 yards. And get this, on only 63 receptions with five touchdowns. Whereas our man Stephon Diggs, 1,183 yards on 107 receptions with eight touchdowns. You know? He's a guy, what I'm trying to say is, George Pickens is a guy we got we to gotta watch out for. We have to make sure we account for George Pickens because he is a guy who can get behind the defense and make you look silly. I don't care who's defending him. He may get Christian Benford, but it doesn't matter because George Pickens is him. He's one of them dudes, man. He really is. I like, I like him a lot, man, and, 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 and they like to get him going behind that run game. Then you've got Deontay Johnson. Then you get Pat Frymuth. So what, I, what I'm saying, Bills Mafia, is I'm not trying to put fear in you. I'm, I, what I'm saying is, 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 yo, and I think Sean McDermott has, had this, is, is, has said this before too, you know, we have a healthy respect for our opponent. Just have a healthy respect for the opponent, okay? We can talk trash all we want. I mean, all that's fun and games. You know what I'm saying? But uh, I'm not, I'm not going to be sitting here saying, yo, the Bills are going to beat the brakes off them. It's going to be a hard-fought game. If the Bills want to win, they got to slug it out because this is a chippy team, a chippy team, okay? But we have something to, I guess, that's in our favor, right? Because we do know that when we look at this Steelers game and the Steelers team, they are without arguably their best player, not just on defense, but probably on the entire team, and that is T.J. Watt. T.J. Watt, unfortunate, unfortunate injury that he sustained. Um, knee injury, but he is out. And so they are not going to have T.J. Watt on the field. But they still have Highsmith, Alex Highsmith. Okay. Uh, let, let me, I want to pull up their injury report because I want to see uh, if there's anybody else. Um, let me see here. If that I should that I missed. I know we, we all know that that TJ Watt is the main one. Uh, let me see here. I'm trying to pull it up right now. And if you guys know it off the top, if you guys know of, of any other Steelers who are going to be out in this game, please just drop it in the chat and let me know. But I'm trying to pull it up right now um, to see who's going to be out for this game. Um... It looks like he may be the only one. Or, or I'm on the wrong the wrong site here. Because mm. I'm looking at it, and it looks like it looks like they're getting pretty healthy. 
um, outside of T.J. Watt. Um, Najee Harris had a knee injury. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick had a knee injury. Um, linebacker Landon Roberts had a pec injury, and defensive tackle Cam Hayward had a groin injury. Um, but they were all limited um, at points in practice during this week, but they participated fully on Friday and um, are good to go for Sunday's game. So um, they're going to be they're going to be playing. So it looks like to me um, who's out. You've got T.J. Watt out. Um, everybody else is active. Safety Trent Thompson. He's he was on IR out for the season. Quan Alexander. We know he's out for the season, but that was back in November. Um, anybody recently? Uh, no. No. So the only one so far that I can see is 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 T.J. Watt. Everybody else who was on the injury report, they're likely going to play because they practiced at some, you know, they practiced, even if it was a limited participation, they practiced Friday. So we can expect a healthier Steelers team. Minus T.J. Watt. Okay. Um, on the Bills side of the ball, let me see here. Uh, did I see? So on the Bills side of the ball, the only team, the only person that we have that's currently out for the game is Gabe Davis. All right. But now we have to be mindful of the fact that linebacker Terrell Dotson and cornerback Russell Douglas are both questionable for the game. Oh, I forgot to mention Taylor Rapp. Taylor Rapp is also out for the game. So there we got Gabe Davis out, Taylor Rapp out. And then Dotson and Douglas are questionable. Questionable. Now there may be a chance that Dotson plays because um, there's only one day in which he did not participate in practice, and that was Thursday, but he was limited um, both Wednesday and Friday. So um, he could play. He could play. I think I think his chances of playing are far greater than Rasul Douglas, who's currently questionable, but he did not participate at all in practice all week. So if Rasul Douglas is out, that means you've got Christian Benford and Dane Jackson. But the question I want to ask is, man, is there anybody that the Bills bring up this game, considering the fact that they are, um, you know, they're without a couple of players and, and could be without, you know, uh, two more in Dodson and, and Douglas? Is there anybody on the Bills team who you think does not need to be playing and who you think does need to play? For me, um, there's one player in particular who I think is just wasting a roster spot. It's completely wasting a, a roster spot. Uh, when I get it, I understand why they're trying to keep this guy playing, but uh, in hopes of him, you know, becoming this, uh, you get you get vintage uh, closer. But that's Von Miller. Von Miller, he needs to be out. I'm sorry, um, he should have been out last week. I don't know why they played him last week. It should have been Kingsley Jonathan. But instead, they decided to trot out Von Miller, um, who, when we all saw the video of him walking out of the tunnel, had a noticeable limp that appeared to be favoring favoring his his uh, uh right knee or the knee in which he suffered or sustained his ACL injury. But nevertheless, they still played him. And what did he do? Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Now, if Vaughn is if look, we've had. Virtually the majority of the regular season to determine whether or not this guy 
was going to... At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Get back in the swing of things. He has not done anything all year, so why, on God's green earth, is he still active on game day? Why? They sent him out one game, deactivated him one game. For what? For what? Just to bring him back the following week. For him to do nothing again. Like, to me, like, and I get it. If if this is the injury thing, like, sit, sit him. It's okay. It's okay. And we can talk about the contract all we want, but I mean, I mean, if, if he's not healthy, sit him. Because even him at 75%, he's not better than Kingsley Jonathan at 75%. You know what I'm saying? He's not better than anybody. Get him off the field. Get him off the field and and allow the team to use that roster spot wisely or in a more in a, in a better way. Because now you look at it, and now you've got injuries here, and uh, you could be without Russell Douglas, and we know, all right. So Dane Jackson is going to get the he's going to get the, the call, and so you got Dane Jackson who's going to be playing beside uh, uh, Christian Benford. But who else? Who else at cornerback are you going to play? You've got to call up Kyrie Elam, right? And that's me. I, th- I think you have to. I mean, you've got Cam Lewis, yeah, but. But to me, like this has to be the time in which you you have to bring up Kyrie Elam. You have to do that. Just for, just for numbers' sake. Because suppose, hypothetically speaking here, suppose you sustain an injury to your, to another cornerback. And I hope this doesn't happen. Knocking on wood and all that kind of stuff. You're going to be incredibly thin. And I would sure hate to have, to, to wait and see uh, Monday, sometime Monday, the Bills pull out their, their inactive list and usually you've, you've got Kyrie Elam inactive in a game where they're incredibly thin at cornerback. I'll be highly upset. Highly upset. And you got Von Miller active. Let's let's please let's let's not have that. <laughs> okay. Let's not have it. Let's not have it. And then you've got Gabe Davis who's out. Now Gabe Davis has been a lightning rod for the Buffalo Bills and really for for for, for a lot of Bills Mafia um this year because he just has not really been living up to the to to the bargain, and he, he hasn't really been doing much this year. It's been an off year for Gabe Davis. Off year. And um, he sustained an injury last week, and you hate to see it, right? I mean, you really do. And, and I don't wish injury on, on anybody. And Gabe Davis sustained an injury, any injury, and he's out this game. Um, And it's just unfortunate because he's in the contract year, and he's trying to, he's trying to, he's trying to make some money. 
but the numbers aren't quite there. And then he's sustained his injury. He's going to be out in the playoffs. How much does his absence impact the Buffalo Bills offense? Or does it at all? Because we know, we know, we know Gabe, right? We know he's been up or down. He's been up or down, boom or bust. He's had multiple games in which he has had zero targets, zero receptions, you know, but he's a good blocker. Like, is that what we're, is that what we expect out of our number two? Out of our wide receiver two, quote unquote, finger quotes here, is just, well, I mean, he's a good blocker. Is that how low the bar is now? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, great guy, no doubt. Hard worker, a captain. He's got the C on his chest, right? He earned it. Off year for Gabe. Off year for Gabe. Very inconsistent, but really inconsistency has been his MO his entire career. How much does his absence, though, impact the Bills' offense? Or does it? That's my question I'm asking the chat. Um, I realize he's, he's good at blocking. So if we lose him, I mean, so so are we losing that aspect of his game? Because to me, Trent Sherfield is a very good run blocker, you know, in his own right. Not as big as Gabe, obviously, but he's a very good run blocker in his own right. I think the only thing you could miss, miss this game is the potential for Gabe, for one of those Gabe Davis booms. Boom games. You know what I'm saying? Because he's so up or down, you just don't know. And this game could be the game in which he he booms. But with the elements, you never know. It could be a nothing burger for Gabe. So for me, you know, I, I I'm indifferent. I'm indifferent. Because when I when I look at, at his production on a consistency basis, I think, you know what, hey man, put Sherfield in. And 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 maybe you know, Sherfield, I mean, is, is you know, can can be consistent and give us something more than Gabe has uh, so far this year. You know, let me know what you guys think about it. Um, I've got a super chat uh, come, that just came in. Uh, hold on. Where's it? Let me see if I can pull it up. My bad. You guys, please forgive me. Let me see if I can go back up to it. I just see it. I just saw it here. Where'd it go? Where is it? Here it is. Super chat from PVC Fam 4. He says, yo, do we use Fournette more in this game? Seems like his kind of party. Unless Ty Johnson is clear. Good looking out on the late night tip. Absolute. So to PVC fam, I appreciate the super chat. So to answer the question, um, I think uh well, I, first of all. Ty Johnson um, appears to be healthy enough to play, right? I mean, he he was he has limited. He's been limited all week. When you look at the injury report. He's been he was limited all week, and so um, with a, with a concussion. Okay, so I'm assuming that he's going to be back and playing in in this game. Okay, and he's 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 cleared concussion protocol. My thing is is his shoulder. How is his shoulder back healthy and back right? It's not listed on the injury report, so we have to assume that he's fine. If he's fine, I think you play Ty Johnson over Leonard Fournette. And I'll say this. As much as I as, as, as I was wanting to see Leonard Fournette, um, 
I think Ty Johnson offers more. I'll just be honest. Uh, maybe Leonard Fournette's, you know, best days are beyond him, and 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 uh, maybe he's not uh, who he once was. Even like back in the Super Bowl days when he was playing with the Bucks and Tom Brady. Uh, you know, granted, yeah, he can he can give you a few yards here and there, but I think I think Ty Johnson offers you more. I believe Ty Johnson is the more explosive back. And he's just as physical. So if Ty Johnson is healthy, to me, I think he should get the call uh, over Leonard Fournette. However, we just don't know. right? We, we just don't know how the Bills offense and how the coaching staff feels about it. But for me, I think with the with, – I mean, you have unlimited uh, uh, uses of the practice squad. With Leonard Fournette, you can you can call him up um, as many times as you want in the playoffs, so it doesn't it doesn't affect you none. But it, so if if Ty Johnson is healthy, you I mean you you can sit Leonard Fournette out and play Ty Johnson, who I think, like I said earlier, is the more physical. I mean the more physical, more explosive back of the two. So I like Ty Johnson. Um. So those are my thoughts on that. I don't think I missed any more super chats. You guys, let me know if I missed anybody else's, uh, but I don't think I did. Let me see here. I'm trying to go through it here. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't think I miss any, any more. So anyway, those are my thoughts um, with with Leonard Fournette and and Ty Johnson. But I do have another question that I want to pose to the chat, and that is, like, what kind of offense can we expect this game for the Buffalo Bills? Do you anticipate? The Bills and Josh Allen playing down to their opponent? Or do you foresee the Bills handling business as they should? Because as we mentioned, as I mentioned earlier, I believe that the Bills are the better team. I think they are the better team. Now the question is whether or not they will prove to be the better team on Monday, but the Bills have a propensity to play down. So what are we thinking here? What are we thinking here? Who are we going to see? What type of offense are we going to see or can we expect? Um, For me, I think at this point, now granted, the Buffalo Bills can shock the world and they can really come out. And, and this and this is the thing about the Bills team and, and, and this offense is that they can – they really can turn it on, and and at any point, no matter what game they're playing, I mean, they, they can just turn it on, and they can just be a completely dominant team and beat the brakes off of anybody. They really can. Then they have times in which they make it look more difficult than it should be. But I will say this. I'm not concerned about what type of offense shows up. So long as... So long as we don't see the mistake-prone, Josh Allen, multiple interception-prone offense. You know, because even if it's a tough game, I feel like this team now, the way this, the way this team is built and the way they've been winning here lately, it gives me confidence in that they have found a way in which to win that works for them. And what I mean by that is this. 
is how many times have you heard that the the saying, you know, all oh, the Bills can't or the narrative that the Bills can't win close games, or the Bills, you know, they, they can't do this and they can't do that. The Bills have been winning close games for the past several weeks, several weeks, and I think that if I think what I can expect is a tenacious team that does not give up and has no quit in them. And even if they happen to find themselves down or not performing their best, like a la last week um, in the first half of the, of the Dolphins game, they have the ability to come back and turn it on. Even if it's in the fourth quarter, they have that ability. And so I'm no longer, I'm no longer um, worried in that, in, that, in that regard. Does that make sense? I think that they've shown me enough now really throughout this win streak that this team can they, they can they can either blow you out or they can get it in the mud you know what i'm saying really like like they can they can either beat the ever living you know what out of a team like the Dallas Cowboys 31 to 10 or they can go on a slugfest you know uh against a division rival and beat them by 7 It doesn't matter. Like this team is 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 built tough, and that's what I that's what I lay my hat on, is is believing in the fact that the Buffalo Bills, no matter what happens, I think that they still come out on top. I believe they come out on top, no matter if it's ugly, or not. If they have to win a gritty game, I think they can do it. If they have to prove to be the more physical team, I believe they can do it. Even against a team like the Pittsburgh Steelers. I really do, man. I, I I absolutely do. I do. And and this is where I want to. This is where I want to talk about here, is when you look at this team and you look at this game and 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 these these matchups here. Uh, who do you believe is going to be? the unsung hero of this game. Who's going to be the unsung hero? Who's that one player that nobody's expecting to really do anything? And this particular player is part of the reason why the Bills come out with a victory on Monday. Who was that player for you? And it could be on offense. Or on defense. To me, I would say on offense, I think I think it could be Khalil Shakir. I do. I believe it could be Khalil Shakir. I, I love everything that this brother's been doing all year, and whenever he's whenever he gets the opportunity. He just performs. Does he not? I mean, when you look at his numbers, let me pull him up here. Let me pull him up. Because Khalil, man, like I I think that he is on a on a Gabe Davis-like trajectory in his early career. And what I mean by that is, you know, we saw Gabe in spot duty early early in his career, right? As like the wide receiver three or four or whatever. And he was doing well. But all of a sudden, 
you know, in his third year, um, when he got elevated to wide receiver two, he bumped up, you know, and he put up some numbers. He really did. Uh, also, I mean, if it had not been for for injury and, a, and a, an ankle injury that, that was bothering him all year, he probably would have had a thousand yards last year. Okay. As inconsistent as he as he was and, and with his catch percentage as low as it is. But when you look at Khalil Shakir over his career, um, I can see a similar trajectory for him. I mean, his rookie year, he was barely used. He had 161 yards receiving his own entire year on 10 receptions. But we saw glimpses of, of man, if they play Shakir more, I think he can, He really has a shot to, to, to do something. And this year so far, I mean, he's gotten a bump in production and a bump of, uh, in opportunities. And on 39 receptions for the regular season, he has 611 yards. 611 receiving yards. Averaging over 15 and a half yards per reception. Only two touchdowns. But what what I like the most is his catch percentage. Because if I'm not mistaken, the last time I checked, and I think this was before the Dolphins game, though, he had a catch rate of close to 80%. In games that he had three receptions or more, he averaged like over 80% catch rate. It's ridiculous. This year, he's averaging 86.7% catch rate. It's nuts. And we see how clutch he is. And so while the Steelers are going to be paying attention to Stephon Diggs, I think Khalil Shakir has an opportunity to really break out and be that receiver who shows up and shows out in this game. Yeah, I'm looking at yeah, 86.7. Your mango muffin says 86.7 now. It's nuts. It's crazy, man. Like this guy, this, this guy is, and I went on record, I think last week I said, yo, um, I asked a question. I said, who is the most, which player on the Bills offense, not named Josh Allen, do you trust the most? When I said, I said, Khalil Shakir. And I meant it. I said it with my chest. I said, Khalil Shakir. And I know it may sound sacrilegious because you look at, you, you got Stefan Diggs, man. What are you talking about? Yeah, but Diggs hadn't really been doing much of anything for a pretty good while now. He really hadn't. Now they finally featured him more last, I mean, last, last week. But he really hadn't. But every time Khalil Shakir gets on the field and they target him, what happens? He's money. Money. Catching passes behind him that Josh throws behind him and then taking off for, for yards after the catch. And we all saw that 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 long um reception that he had. Well, it was really a lot of yards after the catch um against the Dolphins on the sideline where he almost scored and he broke free, but he just narrowly um, got 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 shoved out of bounds. Otherwise, he would have scored. And we forget how fast he is too, because in the combine he ran. The brother ran like a four four five or four four three. <laughs> he's fast, and he's six foot, just under two hundred pounds. So he's not a small receiver either. So Khalil, man, like I think I think this is the game 
now that Gabe Davis is not going to be playing, I think this is a game where Khalil Shakir can really put a stamp on not only himself and it, but his future and really make the Buffalo Bills have an uncomfortable decision to make regarding Gabe Davis going forward at the conclusion of the season. You know what I'm saying? Like, I really think that, that this could be a, a Khalil Shakir game where he's like, yo, I'm him. And where he makes, he almost makes Gabe Davis, even though he's a, he's a first-year captain, he makes him expendable. Or he makes him expendable. You look at last, what did he do last week? Khalil Shakir. Six targets. Six receptions. 105 yards receiving. 17 and a half yards per reception. 46 yards was as long. <laughs> Ridiculous. Ridic 100% catch on six targets. Six targets. He caught all of them. Every last one of them. And had over 100 yards receiving. For seven, over 17 yards per reception. I'm telling you right now. If you hadn't heard it yet, you heard it right now. Khalil Shakir is going to be that guy. And as Ebony says, yo, he is definitely reliable. 100% definitely reliable. And uh, Mr. Migo says, yo, Shakir has a chance to prove it. I believe he does. And um, Edward brings up a good point. He says, yo, and Kincaid is a great tight end option. And how, how good is it? When you look at it, let me, let me just say this. The future, in my opinion, is bright for the Bills because on offense, because though they have Stephon Diggs, who's who's aging, he's 30 right now. Um, he won't turn 31 until November of next year, I think. But he's still playing at a high level, at, a, at an elite level. You have him still, but you have two young receiving weapons who are still on their rookie contracts in Khalil Shakir and Dalton Kincaid who have incredible promise, incredible promise in this offense. And then on top of that, you have to assume that Brandon Bean is going to add more receiving talent to this team, whether it's via this free agency or in the draft. And if he can add another receiving weapon in the draft, a young player, then the, that will have that will give the Bills three young receiving weapons, all three on rookie contracts. <laughs> the future is bright for the Buffalo Bills, ladies and gentlemen. It absolutely is. Kudos to Brandon Bean and uh, and his and his uh, scouting department for what they were able to do by bringing Khalil Shakir and Dalton Kincaid. And I think Kincaid has another. Has another opportunity as well before him in this game. I love, I love the Bills' weapons. You know what? And I think the Bills are best. And I think Josh Allen is best when he's able to spread the ball around, don't you? When he's not so hyper focused on Stefan Diggs. I mean, he he understands that Diggs is the guy, right? He's his number one, right? So he has to target him. But when he's able to spread the ball out, you know, he's at his best in that in that in that capacity. Like this is go back. Let me go back to last week. I'm going to go back to last week. And uh, let's look at these numbers. 
So look at this. Khalil Shakir, six receptions, 105 yards receiving. Stephon Diggs, seven receptions, 87 yards. Dalton Kincaid, seven receptions, 84 yards. And then you've got Trent Sherfield sprinkled in with three for 24. Dawson Knox, he had a couple of receptions for 22 yards. And then James Cook out of the backfield. And then obviously Gabe Davis got hurt. Zero receptions, zero yards. Okay. But just look at the look, just look at the way he Josh was spreading the ball around. Killer Shakir, Stephon Diggs, Dalton Kincaid. Those are the that is the Bills' big three going forward. Shakir, Diggs, Kincaid. Those three right there. Plus, you've got James Cook out of the backfield. I think, look, I'll put those three weapons in, and then you include James Cook up against anybody else in this playoffs right now. Plus, we got John Down throwing in the ball. Man, look, I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now, if Josh Allen and the Bills offense plays a mistake-free game for the most part, who's beating this team? Who's beating them? Huh? Who is? Nobody but themselves. Nobody but themselves. And Ebony asked, you know, what about jo uh, Justin Shorted? Is he still injured? Yeah. So Justin Shorted, um, Justin Shorted, Justin, Justin Shorter, um, you know, you know, uh, they, they put him back on IR. So they, so they, they activated his, you know, his, his, uh, his practice window and then they put him back on IR. So he's, he shut down for the rest of the year, but you have Justin Shorter too, who is like six three, six four, two 230 pounds, you know, a big body receiver, not that fast. I think he ran like a four or five, but we don't know much about him. We haven't seen him in the regular season. We don't, we don't know what he can do, but you have him going into next year too. Another weapon. So, anyway, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself by looking, you know, into the future. But for right now, the Bills, the Bills have enough weapons on offense to go all the way. It's just a matter of them handling business, right? They got, they got to take care of business. They have to take care of business. So for me, offensively, when I look at at the Buffalo Bills, and I say who who could be the unsung hero on offense? To me, it's it's Khalil Shakir. It's secure. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, who do I think could be an unsung hero on defense? Uh, it's kind of tough because, um, let me see. Who are they going to be? So they're going to be without mm, Taylor Rapp. So that limits their their ability to run that to run that that dime package that they have with with three safeties. Um, but they may they probably don't need to really run that as much against the Steelers. Unsung hero on the defensive side of the ball. That's a tough one. Hmm. Mm, mm, mm. Golly. I think. I think it could be Dane Jackson. I think it could be Dane Jackson. Um, and I and I'll say this. this here, here's why. Here's why. We poo-poo a lot on Dane Jackson. I, I do my I do I, I, I do my fair share as well as well. But there are moments in times where it, where Dane Jackson and he, he's probably in and 
in some ways like the Gabe Davis of the defense, right, on defense. He's kind of up or down. You'll have a game where he's getting torched, and then you have a game where he's just like on fire. You're like, dang, come. Like, where'd he come from? I think this could be a game where Dane Jackson has himself a game. I do. I can see Dane Jackson really shutting down uh, his side of the field, whether he's, he's, he's you know, uh, on Deontay Johnson or, or George Pickens. I'm thinking he'd probably be going to be on Johnson. I can see Dane Jackson having himself a good game. And I would venture to say he probably has a pick and a couple of pass breakups in the game. Dane Jackson, and the more the more I say it, um, the more the more I like it because he's just prone to do it. And, and I know he's inconsistent, but which is why I said he's kind of like the Gabe Davis, uh, you know, on defense. But he has the ability to, to do it. And I think when his number's called, and in this type of in this type of a moment, uh, why not Dane? Why not Dane? Uh, Mr. Uh, let me see here. Uh, where to go? My bad. Mr. West Ashley says, yo, it's Ed Oliver. Shake Mason up. You win. Now, I don't think it's going to be all that difficult for the Bills and Sean McDermott to uh, shake him up. Now, it's all about how quickly he gets rid of the ball. Or if he just, or, or or even if if the Steelers, you know, allow him to sit back in the pocket, you know, that much, knowing that the Bills have a pass rush that can get after him, they may just hand the ball off and throw it, throw the ball sparingly. It depends on the flow of the game. We really can't can't determine that right now. Uh, we have to see how the game transpires early. But um, he's not he's not a quarterback that I'm con- that that I'm I'm concerned about. You know what I'm saying? Um, I, I view him much, much, much like I view Tua. You can rattle him. You can get after him. And, and he's not mobile at all. So if, if Ed Oliver is able to get in there, if, if our pass rush is able to get after him up the middle, I think it's going to be a long game for him. A long game. So they better hope that their run game uh, is effective and they stick with it. But if, if if these big boys on the defensive line, like I, like I expect them to do, if, if, if these big boys come ready, uh, Daquan Jones mixed with, with Tim Settle and and either, maybe it's Puna Ford or, 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 you know, and then you've got Ed Oliver. And if, if they come with it and they shut this run game down early, they shut it down, and the Bills' offense is able to get out to an early lead, then they can put them in one-dimensional, which means you're not going to have to worry about the run game. That's when the Bills' defense is at their best. They're able to pin their ears back and blitz and be aggressive and get after it. That's when I think the game favors the Buffalo Bills. And it could, if that happens, you could see the lead spread. You know what I'm saying? That's all contingent upon the Buffalo Bills' offense doing what they have to do first, which is get off to a fast start, get points on the board, and make it put the pressure on the Pittsburgh Steelers to be one to mention. And I guess um, I just kind of like, like ran right into my next segment, uh, which is big does baby. Let me, hold on, hold on. Let, let me let Jordan Poyer say it because I've got to have Jordan Poyer say it because this is time for keys to big does. Big so keys to big dubs with the Buffalo Bills. I already said it. 
and I'll say it again, for me, offensively, the Buffalo, I want to see the Buffalo Bills get off to an early start, a fast start. Get on the board. I don't care if you sustain a long drive. I don't care what it is. But your opening drive for the Buffalo Bills offense needs to end with seven points. Okay? You need to suck the life out of the Steelers. So if the Bills can get out to a fast start, then I think it builds momentum for the defense. And the defense then can get after it. And the Bills' defense then needs to shut down the run game. Key in on the run game. You stop the run game, you, in essence, stop the Steelers' entire offense. And you make them one-dimensional. So offense, get off to a fast start, score first, do what you got to do. Defense, stop the run. If they do that, then I think that the pass rush is just going to is going to inevitably get there. We're going to shake up Mason Rudolph. You know, he could throw a couple of picks in the game. Those are my keys to the game. And I don't care how they do it. I don't care if they blow them out or if they win a close game. I don't care. Just move forward. Move on to the next round. You know what I'm saying? Nobody's looking at style points in the playoffs. Those are my keys to the game. Let me take a look at your keys. Let me go through the chat to see if I see anybody's keys here to the game. Drop them in the chat if you haven't already done so. Uh, let me see here. Ba -ba 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 -ba. Yo, Mike asked a good question. Yo, Mike. Uh, he says, yo, should the Bills receive if we win the coin toss? Uh, good question. Huh. I don't think so. Now, Sean McDermott very rarely elects to receive the ball because he likes to double dip. So he, he chooses to defer to the second half because he wants his defense to get out there first, put a shut, you know, you know, shut him down. And then the offense goes out there and scores. But then they like to have the ball right before a half, and they score. They like that. Ideally, they like to score right before the half, and then coming out in the second half, they get the ball back again. They want to double dip and score again. So that's why I think the Bills should should keep with that and just just defer into the second half because I think the defense of the Buffalo Bills can really set the tone for the game. I do. I think that, I think they can. I think if they come out there and they they show them they show the Steelers. If they're not afraid of their physicality or their run game, and they're able to get out, get an early three and out, or they just, you know, they make a stop where the Steelers get no points, not even a field goal opportunity, and they have to punt. I think it's a win for the Bills' defense early in the game, and it sets the tone. And then the Bills' offense can come out there and do what it do. So, in a long roundabout way of saying, to answer your question, no. No, go ahead and defer. Go ahead and defer to the second half. Um, let me see here. My oh boy, I've got a looks like I've got a chief trolling here. The Chiefs will be in the AFC Championship game. Pause. Pause. <laughs> okay, pause. Pause. I know y'all are happy. You just beat the Miami Dolphins. I know you're happy about that. But let's just pause. You got a you got a long road ahead of you. A very long road ahead of you. And uh, assuming the Bills win Monday or whenever they play, you've got to come to Buffalo, which is what I – oh, my gosh. Mm. I so want this. I want this so badly. And I know I can't be the only one here. But I so badly want 
Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs to finally take their tail on the road and come play Buffalo at Highmark. You come this time, you come to our house. Our house. We have played in Arrowhead. It seems to be freaking forever. Now you get. Now you got to come to our house. Bills Mafia, going nuts, going crazy, and I want redemption. You say, Rev, what are you talking about? Redemption. I want redemption, doggone it. You know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about. I want the Bills to be the team to send these jokers packing in the postseason. I want to make up for those couple of years in which the Bills lost. Lost an AFC Championship game to the Chiefs in Arrowhead. Lost to the Chiefs in Arrowhead in the division around a couple years ago. Now you got to come to Buffalo if we win this game. And I want to knock them out of the playoffs. Send them packing. That's what I want. And I can't freaking wait for that. But before we get there, we have to handle business against the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right. Yeah, I know Mahomes is coming. Okay, so you so all right, so so you're assuming, so you so you're with me then. So you so you think the Bills are gonna win against the Steelers. That's what you're saying. I appreciate it, Captain Mike. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Um, as far as as far as uh, keys of game, um, DMX says, yo, shut down the run. Shut down the run. Hold on a second. I'm getting a chat here. It says, yo, can't believe they moved the game to Tuesday. Are you serious? That's not true. Tell me that's not true. Tell me that's just a typo and you meant Monday, right? Tell me you just meant Monday. Can somebody confirm that? Did they move the game to Tuesday? Or is it still playing, being played on, on Monday? Chat, you guys handle that, okay? I'm pretty sure it's still on Monday. I haven't heard anything about them being moved to Tuesday. At all. Um, RC3 says, yo, but Rev, you know, how would it feel if they beat us? I'm, I'm not even going to talk about that. That's, that's, that's backwards thinking. We're not even having that conversation. And there's no if. That's not right, dude. Did it? No, it's still Monday, right? Y'all Google that for me. Y'all Google that for me. Because y'all got me tripping. Y'all got me like, man, you, are, you sit, are you kidding me? But anyway, so DJ Barassi says, yo, the satisfaction from that would be unrivaled. Talking about the Bills beating the Chiefs is what I'm assuming. In Buffalo, knocking them out of the playoffs. It would be un completely unrivaled. At, at that point, at that point, you would have me believing, Michael Williams, that this is our year. I'm kind of already almost there. You know what I'm saying? But what kind of got me thrown off a little bit is, you know, that whole conspiracy, that whole Super Bowl logo conspiracy and all that with the colors and, and you know, the colors being purple and, and, and red would kind of, you know, would, would uh, lead you to believe that it, it could be the, the Ravens and the Niners. Whatever. We will see. We'll see what happens. Um. But man, I just I I just want to handle business Monday, and then I want to see the Bills beat the brakes off of the Chiefs in Buffalo. Hold on a second. So Monday still, I've got Polly saying yo Tuesday is looking to be moved only if they don't shovel out the stadium in time. Are y'all serious? 
Yo, I hope they don't move this game to Tuesday. Now, granted, I don't want to be selfish because I don't know the conditions. I don't know what the conditions will be by then. Okay? And lives are more important than the game at the end of the day. Okay? But uh, I think I think it should be okay. I'm hoping and praying that, that everything will be fine and they'll be able to clear the roads and, and, and get the stadium cleared out. And uh, um, the game will proceed as, as scheduled on Monday. So that's what I'm hoping is going to happen. All right. Because, man, if they move it to Tuesday, that's going to be terrible. Because imagine, imagine they move the game to Tuesday. But then you have to figure out, then you have to factor in the fact that the winner of that game will have to be prepared. They'll be at a disadvantage because then they'll have to be prepared for a short game on a short, I mean, a game on a short week. Because the NFL doesn't have scheduled on the, for the division round. They don't have any Monday night games. It's only Saturday and Sunday. So if they do move the game to Tuesday, the winner of that game will have to be, have to have to be on a short week. And you can say, yeah, but they had you know extra days to prepare for this game. Yeah, but that has nothing to do with next game. With with you know what I'm saying what, what happens after the game. There could be injuries after the game, and, and 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 you mean to tell me that the guys have to turn around and and what Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, three game three days, and and be prepared for a possible game on Saturday on three days of rest. Maybe four if they get lucky and get a Sunday game. That's crazy. Right? That's crazy, man. Uh, so I hope it doesn't happen. Right? I hope that doesn't happen. Uh, so I got people saying, yo, the driving ban is going to be gone Monday morning. Okay. Well, then that should be good. That should be good. Anyway. Man, you guys threw me off there, man. I saw that. I saw that 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 possible game being moved on on uh, to Tuesday. And I was like, "Yo, are you serious? No way. No way." All right. So anyway, so we talked about keys to big dubs and 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 uh, unsung heroes um, of the game, but now comes the time. Now comes the time, Bills Mafia. You already know what time it is, baby. You know what time it is. And in this this particular segment, man, I, you know, it fires me up because then I tend to go all out. I tend to go all out. And so I hope y'all are ready because I'm ready. On my mom. On my mom. I put that on my mom. On my mama. Ladies and gentlemen. Boys and girls, it is time for On My Mama. Drop it in the chat. I need to know from you all. What is your On My Mama take for this game against the Steelers? What do y'all have? Give me your, your most crazy, ludicrous take that you believe is going to happen and put it on your mama. Now, I went ahead and said earlier that I can see it being a tight game. So I can't come in here and yo, go on my mama and make it seem like it's going to be a blowout. And I'm definitely not going to sit here and, and, and say it's going to be a shootout because I do not see that happening whatsoever. Although that could be an on my mama take, an unconventional on my mama take nevertheless. But I ain't, go, I ain't, I ain't going that far. But I'll say this. On my mama. 
I already mentioned it before, and I'll say it again. The unsung hero on defense is going to be none other, none other than Dane Jackson. And why is Dane Jackson going to be the unsung hero? Because on my mama, Dane Jackson is going to have not one, but two interceptions on the game. Two interceptions on the game for Dane Jackson. Showing up, showing out, next man up. He's doing his thing, and that's on my mama. Shout out to Dane Jackson. I'm already feeling it, baby. I'm already feeling it. I'm already feeling it. Day Trooper comes in and says, yo, on my mama, 2021 playoff Josh returns, baby, on my mama, where he's just unstoppable, unstoppable. I love it. I love it. Uh, let's see here. On my mama comes in from, from Kier Harness. says, on my mama, zero picks for either team. And Connor McGovern gives up zero pressures. I like it. Because you know Connor McGovern's been a little, he's been he's been kind of leaky. So if he's giving up zero pressures, it's gonna be a good day for the Buffalo Bills offensive line, which means Josh Allen is standing upright and he is able to slice and dice this team to pieces. I love it. On my mama. Let's go, baby. Mr. Diggs comes in and says, Yo, on my mama. The Bills create at least three turnovers with a peanut punch. Get on that ball, 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 baby. I love it. At least three turnovers. I'm already calling two for my man, Dane Jackson. I don't care who who gives the other one. I like it. I've got phrases comes in. I mean, sorry. Farzine says, yo, on my mama, Taron Johnson will have an MVP game. Taron Johnson. I love Taron Johnson, man. Taron Johnson, Mr. Second Team, all pro. We're talking all pro Taron. Shout out to Taron Johnson. Having an MVP game. He's going to do it. Facts. Michael Williams comes in and says, yo, all my mama Mason Rudolph is getting sacked seven times, baby. Seven times. Oh, I love that one. I love that one. Griffin comes in. Crazy take, but I love it. All my mama. Allen throws for 515 yards and five total touchdowns. Light show. Cook leaves early with... Hold on a second, bro. I ain't even gonna speak that last one. I'm not saying that one. Mm-mm. You had me with everything else. But that one, I'm not saying that one. Nah, that's not even coming out of my lips. Why would you even say that, dude? Why would you even say that? Anyway, Allen throws 515 yards and five total touchdowns. I like it. Okay? Boom. Yeah, you almost had me on that one, bro. Uh. <laughs> yo, as you're laughing. Man, yo, you just all see that? I was, man, I, I was going with it too. Griffin had me going. He had me going, and I saw it. I said, hold on, bro. Pause. I am not saying that. That is not even coming out of my lips, bro. Tripping. Anyway, let me now that y'all now that y'all got me, uh, Griffin got me, uh, he's got me pre-reading these things before I put them up on the screen. Here we go. All right, YouTuber 9 says, you're on my mom with Dalton Kincaid, Stephon Diggs, Killer Shakir. We'll have 300 plus total yards receiving. I put that on my mama. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine all three of them collectively have 300 total yards received? Yeah, oh, man, that'd be crazy. I like it. I like it. Calvin Ashley comes in and says, yo, I'm on Mama Leonard Fournette, 110 yards. Is that on the ground? Is that receiving? Is that total? What is it? I'm assuming it's on the ground. 
Mr. Zig says, yo, Griffin is not for real. Sorry, dude, it was trolling. Cook goes crazy. Hey, all right, there you go. I was like, about to say, man, because you, you had me. You had me for a second. You had me for a second. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's funny. So that's um, that's my alma um, mama take. I put it on the defensive side of the ball. Um, Do I feel an alma um, mama take on offense? No, I'm just going to leave it on defense. I'm just going to leave it on defense. You got to leave it on defense. Y'all continue to drop your alma mama takes here. You continue to do it. Uh, let me see here. All right, yeah, so Calvin Ashton says, yo, that's, that's going to be on the ground, two touchdowns from uh, Leonard Fournette. All right, I like it. Bryson comes in and says, yo, on my mama, Cook got 150 total touchdowns. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> my bad. I read that wrong. 150 total yards. Imagine those touchdowns. Crazy. 150 total yards and two touchdowns on my mama, baby. And Josh Richardson says, yo, on my mama. Josh Allen and Diggs will be back to 2021 form. Just in time for a playoff push all the way to Vegas as they hoist up the Lombardi. Let's get, man, let's get, man, because you know it. Allen plus Diggs equals seven, baby. We got to get it. We got to get it. Oh, I like this one. I like this one. Uh, Ebony says, yo. On my mama, a repeat of that January 22 game against the Pats. Scoring on every single drive on my mama. I love it. I love that one. Yes. That's the kind of game I want to have. That's the kind of game I want to see. I do. Uh, let me see here. All right, Red says, yo, heavy blitz on Patrick and double up on number four on my mama. All right. Any more on my mama takes? Y'all keep on dropping it. Y'all keep on dropping it. But right at, what, what I'm going to do now, because y'all know it's time now. You know it's time now. And so I've got to cue up my music. I've got to cue my music up because y'all already know what time it is. Time, ladies and gentlemen, we have come to the near conclusion of the show. But I need y'all score prediction. Let me know right now in the chat how you feel about this game. What do you have? How do you see it transpire? Is it a Bills blowout? Is it a close game? Is it a Bills taking an L? How do you see it? Let me know right now in the chat, baby. Let me know how you feel in the chat. Mr. Diggs kicks us off. 31 to 19 bills, baby. All day, er day. I've got Day Trooper. G Dub says, yo, 31-16. Bill. I love it. I've got Luis Matos comes in. Says, yo, all my mama, the Steelers fans will shut the F up when the Bills score 28-17, three sacks and two interceptions. You already know what's happening. Right? You already know it. You already know it. I ain't gonna say nothing. Just like Dolphins fans ain't said nothing since. Hush mode. Mr. Migo says, yo, 24-17 Bills. Steven Jordan, 35-10 Buffalo, baby. DMX, 24-17 Bills. Mike, 
the Buffalo 7-1-6-33-13. A huge 20-point victory for your Buffalo Bills. Ronald Bryant, 27-10, Buffalo. Tanner Smith, 38-14, Buffalo Bills, baby. 38-14. That's a huge win by the Buffalo Bills. I would not be mad at that at all. Mike comes in, says 27-13, Buffalo. Huge shellacking by the Bills, according to Reg. 36-3, Buffalo. Two defensive touchdowns. You ought to put that on my mama, baby. Andrew says 34-16, Bills. On my mama. We want that revenge game. Looks like that's from her, her life. I can't, I can't uh, make out the rest. I'm sorry. It's an old English lady. I'm sorry about that. My bad. Let me check out some more scores. I see a close game from Ed 7Q. Bills, 17-14. Bryson comes in, 38-13. Bills. Calvin, 24-13. Bills. I've got Michael Wheeler, 34-10. Rosaline Rosaline Jacob comes in with a massive victory by the Buffalo Bills not only is it massive it's a complete shutout and an embarrassment of a performance by the Steelers the Bills win 34-0 sending them jokers back to Pittsburgh oh man I would love that too no joke no joke Hill Slayer 12 says, yo, Steelers up early. Bills call back in. Take it to overtime. Allen wins first overtime, overtime game, 24-21. Hill Slayer. Yo, I think it's you every time. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. But, yo, what is up with this overtime? I don't want an overtime game. I don't want it, man. I don't want it. For once in a long time, I want an easy game where I'm not worried about it. Where my anxiety is not up. Where my blood pressure is not up. Then we have a chill game. I don't want to take this game in overtime, man. 24-21, according to Hill Slayer. Oh, man, I can't have it. YouTube 9, 34, I mean 35-14, Bills. Daniel says, yo, Bills are up. They win 23-19. Slick Crook, 33-13. 33-13. Mark Rump says, yo, Bills win 28-13. Yo, Luis Matos says, yo, Bills are bad overtime. Yeah, that's right. They're undefeated. I mean, yeah, they're, 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 they're winless in overtime. Winless. They Trooper says, yo, man, my heart can't take overtime. Mine either. Uh, Andre says, yo, no overtime. Please, no overtime. All right, so my score prediction. For me, ladies and gentlemen, I see a close one. I see a close one. Uh, well, somewhat of a close game. I'm going to give it... I'm going to go Buffalo. I'll say Bills, 23. You know, I kind of want to say 27. I'm going to go. Now, I'm going to I'm, I'm go 27. Okay, Bills, 27. Steelers, 17. 10-point win, 27-17. There we go. JSR, same, man, same wavelength, baby. 27-17, Bills. That's what I'm seeing. The pistol Pete comes in. First 40 burger siding of the night, 41 to 9. 
Oh, man. 41-9, Bills. And a crazy game like that, snow game. Yo, hey, I'm down with it, baby. But mine, I'm, I got a close one. 27-17. 27-17. That's my score prediction, ladies and gentlemen. And again, yo, I thank everybody for watching tonight, for tuning in. Uh, do me this favor. If you have not already done so, smash that like like you've never smashed a like before and hit the subscribe button if you haven't already done so. Go to supportbf.com. Follow us on all our social media platforms. Follow me. You'll find me on Twitter at RatedRev, on Instagram at RatedRev as well. Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be a fantastic game for the Buffalo Bills. But until we get there, relax. Enjoy the state of games tomorrow. Even though our Buffalo Bills aren't playing at noon or at 1 o'clock, we get to enjoy the rest of the games and see the Bills play hopefully on Monday, 4.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at Highmark Stadium against the Pittsburgh Steelers winner. The Bills win. We stay at home and host the Kansas City Chiefs revenge game. But until then, we taking care of business, baby. I love y'all. Thanks for tuning in with me. I know it's late on the East Coast. Shout out to y'all. Smash that like on the way out. Grace and peace, baby. God bless. And as always, you already know what time it is. Until next time, baby, it's your man, Red, signing off. It's the Buffalo Fanatics. Go Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.